foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. Janie, I'm going to start us out this week by reading 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Now, Sharon, there is a truth from the scripture right there. How do you exercise yourself towards godliness? That's a good exhortation with probably a lot of questions behind it if you were just to tell somebody, now go go exercise yourself towards godliness. Because in verse 8, it gives us a definitive, right. but we have to be looking for it. So if I can, let me give you a couple of little tidbits off of verse 8. It says that bodily exercise profits a little. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It does profit. Right. So when we do exercise things that have to do with our temporal necessities and functions, there's a purpose in that. Right. There's a physical purpose in keeping your heart keeping healthy, healthy and the blood circulating and uh-huh. the mind sharp. And then there's that three-letter word that gets us every time. But... <laughs> Godliness is profitable for all things. Okay. All right. And so how do I find this godliness that I'm supposed to be living in? Well, it tells me, have the promise of the life that is for now. There are promises that have been given to us throughout the scriptures that always points back to the person of Jesus Christ. Right. And so many times we know what he's done historically. We know what he's accomplished. We've known what he's done here or there. But Sharon, we don't know him as the person who is the author of all promises for now and also of that which is to come. Wow. And then in verse 9, it says, this is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. So out of that verse that you opened up with, I just see the Lord saying, you're here in the world in a temporal setting. Use it to the maximum of why I've placed you here. But the way you will benefit from even your earthly exercise is when you know the heavenly fulfillment of the promises that you're to walk in now. It's not for the sweet by and by, sometimes Mm -hmm. as we sing, Mm -hmm. but it's for now and also for that is to come for the future. So this is where we get total acceptance and how we are going to recognize now, Sharon, the issues of our culture and our society that are keeping us from understanding the promises. Mm -hmm. And we're getting very hung up on how to survive in this 
little bit of exercise of godliness that we're trying to do here, but we're missing the mark. Well, what I see, Janie, is when we talk about exercise, there are so many different kinds of physical choices. I mean, you can do Taibo, aerobics, Pilates. I mean, the list goes on. And we choose which one of those we want to do. But when it comes to exercise for godliness, there's only one kind of choice. There's only one kind of exercise, and that is Jesus. And, you know, there's some things, Sharon, that just pop into my head as you were saying that temporal exercise requires time. Yes. It requires commitment. Yes. Discipline. It, it also requires sweat. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what? In the Christian life, we don't like spiritual sweat. Oh. It's uncomfortable. Yes. And so it's not very loving. Uh, there are many words that the Lord says that sometimes can be uh, rather abrupt. We can even say that he um, sometimes may speak harshly. Right. And yet, always, always from a heart of love, I think of one of the ways he had to say something very harsh to his disciples when he said, how long have I been with you, and yet you still do not know me? And you know, Janie, if we take that same idea and apply it to our Christian family today, Jesus could still be saying to us, how long have you been with me and you still don't know me? And just as the disciples walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, worked with him, ate with him, I mean, we can be doing the same, having our devotion time, working in the church, fellowshipping with other believers, and still not know Jesus on a personal, intimate level. You know, that's provokes a lot of deep thought. And Sharon, when I sit across from you with these mics, I have very good uh, visual of your eyes. And I'm wondering if the disciples really ever stopped and looked into the eyes of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. The eyes say so much but if they were so busy oh, yeah. with doing for him mm-hmm. and then complaining about when things were not done according to right. the way they thought what was best for him. Exactly. You know, Lord, don't let these little kids come around and bug us. We've got something better that we need to be teaching. Uh-huh. And he says, no, you let those little ones come unto me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was very absolute in that truth. And a lot of the Lord's absolutes... The disciples didn't want. He continued to tell them that he had to go suffer some things. He had to go to the cross. There was a necessity to take care of a work that could only be taken care of at the cross, which had been foretold throughout the Old Testament, but in a way that the Old Testament saints did not comprehend the full thought that was being taught to them by Moses, David, Jeremiah, the mm-hmm. prophets. Right. They were given truth, but they apprehended it according to the level of where they were. 
Right. And and we're it, doing the same thing today. Our our sources of teaching us and preaching to us many times is giving a facet of the truth, but it's not preparing us on how to walk according to God's full thought for the church. So the disciples were much like we are today in that we don't really want people to suffer especially not ourselves. <laughs> and so when we talk about suffering, we want to pray that that suffering go away rather than asking the Lord to show us through the suffering a spiritual application, a spiritual growth, a spiritual uh, lesson that he can build us into his likeness. And, you know, sharing what you've said is very wise because we have to grow and we are conditioned by our culture and our society to need things instantly. Uh-huh. Uh, it's offensive to have to wait in a checkout line at a grocery store if you have two people in front of you. It's hurry up, get the groceries checked, get out so I can get my turn. Mm-hmm. And so we are conditioned to be needing an answer immediately. Right. And yet the Lord has explicitly throughout the scriptures talked about being still and knowing him, about hiding yourself. He had Elijah go and really hide himself for a period of time and even brought a dirty old bird of raven to have him bring him his food and his water while he rested. Uh, There was a time when you went out to battle But there's a time when you stayed home to wait on the Lord, just to have your strength renewed. So growth takes time. And a lot of times we're missing that, aren't we? Because we're not willing to grow. Well, we just were too busy to take the time, even in our suffering. I mean, there are things that we all go through, whether it's a, a financial, physical health, conflict in relationships. All of those physical things that we go through, there's some sort of suffering in those aspects. And so when we take those physical sufferings back to the Lord and allow him to teach us and train us in the truth of how we are to grow in him through that suffering, there's great reward on the other side. Well, and the Lord has promised us, he's promised us to suffer. In fact, he even said, to this you were called. Right. But we have been conditioned to believe that that goes against his plan. And so we can stay in conflict with the very plan that he wants. We do want what I would call, Sharon, a a soft gospel. Yeah, anything that's hard is considered unloving and irrelevant. Yes. To our daily living. And and you know what? Somebody could say, but girls, don't you understand what you're saying makes us uncomfortable when we want to worship? Right. And we must have activities in our lives so that we can be popular with those who don't know the Lord. We need to draw them and we must find ground that they want to stay and be mm-hmm. with us so right. that they can learn of Christ. And you don't learn of Christ by being popular or comfortable or comfortable. Right. You learn of Christ according to Philippians 3, that I might know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. I'll know the resurrection of his life. Why? 
so that I can be conformed unto His image for the eternal gain, now and forever. And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.